Thank you, Lord. Sing worship. And worship is my warfare. My praise is a weapon. My praise is a weapon. Worship is my warfare. My praise is a weapon. Worship is my
Yet you're still in the fire Just in case we feel alone Thank you, Lord Still walking on the waters You refuse to let us go See a miracle, God, we go. 
for the impossible? Do you believe that he can do exceedingly abundantly above what you imagine or ask? Amen. You can be seated. You know, it's interesting that song is uh, talking about how as believers, think about it, as believers, we are supposed to believe, right? And if you don't believe, then there's something wrong with your belief basis, right? And it was interesting because lately there's been a, a study that came out that talked about how Christians don't believe in what the Bible says. There's like, they'll, they'll talk about social issues and they have a lot of opinions on that, but when it comes down to knowing that Jesus Christ is God, a lot of Christians are like, I'm not really sure if he's the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And scripture says, I believe what is written. And the belief system is this, Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 24, it says, Behold, and I will send forth upon you what my Father has promised, but remain in the city of Jerusalem until you have been clothed with power from on high. Do you know the Lord wants to clothe you with power from on high? Yes. Not in the, the natural realm. You know, a lot of times we think power from on high is you're going to be all muscular, you're going to have a political position, you're going to have some sort of... But it's, it's a spiritual power. You know, the battles that we fight are not flesh and blood, but they're spiritual. And we have to attack things on a spiritual level, not on a physical level, not on a carnal level, on a level that comes from the Lord. And when I was thinking about that, just think about this. Jesus is talking about how he's going to ri rise from the dead. He's talking to his disciples about what he's going to do through them. Just think about the amazing intimacy they had with him. And yet, still some of them had a hard time processing that. And so when you go through something and you, you are struggling with your faith, ask the Lord to infuse you with supernatural power to believe. You know, he taught his disciples that his time on this earth was just limited. And he said, I'm going to endue you with power so that you can take the power that I have that lives in me, that's going to resurrect me from the grave, that power that's going to energize my body to bring it back from death, that power is going to live not just in one person, but in all who believe. Think about that. Think about the spiritual synergy in that. Think about how the power of God can flow in all of us individually. Just think how it grows corporately. You know? You know? This last week I was driving down the street and I saw a car stopped on the road and I saw one guy get out and start to push it and he couldn't move it. And all of a sudden two or three other people came and what happened? There was more power with the group together than there was with one. And I tell you, the Lord wants you and I to work together. How beautiful it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. And what he, he said he was going to do, if you keep reading in the Bible, in Acts chapter 2, it says in Acts 2.2, And suddenly there became a sound from heaven that was like a rushing, violent, tempest blast. I love that, that translation. It wasn't just a little like... It was a booming, powerful presence of the Spirit of God. And it says, and all that were in the house were filled. Think about it. All the people that were there experienced the presence of God in a supernatural way. How many of you want that today? How many of you want the presence of God yeah. with you wherever you go? Not just when you're here sitting in church, not just when things are going great, but when things aren't going so good, you could say, it is well with my soul. 
Father God, we just come before you this morning and we ask and pray that your blessing would rest upon us. I pray, Father, that we would be people that just don't sing words of songs, but Lord, they are the testimony of our faith. That, Lord, we will be men and women that are strong in our faith, Lord. That we are not wishy-washy, God. We're not tossed here and there by every wind of, of doctrine that comes around. But, Father, we are rooted and established in the Word of God. I pray, Father, that the anointing of your Holy Spirit would clothe each of us with power from on high. I pray, Father, that, God, we would take the words of Jesus and we would embody them in our life. I pray that, Father, we would take the words of Christ and they would become a, a strength, spiritual strength for us, God, so that we can walk not in our own ability, not in our own talent, not in our own power, but, Lord, in the power and the anointing of your word. And, Father, I pray that the word that became flesh will dwell among us, that, God, we will be men and women who walk in the power and the authority of the word of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that your name will be the name that is above every name, that your name will be the name that every knee is going to bow, every tongue's going to confess. And Lord, I pray that when we're going through a, a difficult, challenging time, that we would be able to stand up and say, I believe, I believe. Your word says it, I believe it, Lord. So Father God, we just want to rejoice in the fact that we can walk in a knowledge of you as our Lord and our Savior. In Jesus' name. Pastor Rebecca, lead us in that chorus one more time. You said it is done. You said it. I believe it. You said it is stand up. I want you to stand and believe with me. We're going to go to the Lord and we're going to pray together. Father God, you know the circumstances of those that are standing right now. And Father, we pray not with wisdom, but we pray with this, the mind of Christ on these situations. That God, you will move on behalf of those that see a situation that seems immovable. That Lord, we will stand and believe together that our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we imagine or ask. And Father, I pray that you will infuse us, God, to overflowing with faith to believe you, yes. that God, that you will not just do it, but you will perform it in a way that we'll stand back and be utterly amazed. Father, I pray that, God, you would move obstacles, you would move roadblocks, you would touch physical bodies, you would release finances, God. I pray that there'd be a supernatural infilling of your spirit in our lives so that when we come up against these battles that we're facing, that we will be like, like David standing before Goliath and, and say to these enemies, say to these battles, say to these obstacles, you have nothing because I serve the living God. 
And Father, I pray a supernatural infusion of faith into your sons and daughters this morning. Lord, I believe with them, Lord. I pray with them, Lord. I stand with them, Lord. I hold hands spiritually with them, Lord. And I ask that, God, you would do something powerful in our midst, Lord. And we thank you for that. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Now turn to someone and tell them, God's going to do something great in your life this week. We have some announcements. Uh, first, I'd like to welcome any visitors. My name is Pastor Nick. <laughs> How's it going, Davis? Uh, if you want to fill out the, if you can fill out the envelopes in front of you, uh, if you have any updates, go ahead, update that as well. So we could just stay in contact. And we have so many great things coming out of Crossroads. And it's great things for you to be a part of, too. We have daily devotions. Pastor Lynn uh, has filled to the brim Tuesday to Saturday. Pastor David sends out daily devotions as well, Tuesday to Friday. And then we have Crossroads Connect groups Wednesday night. And we have e-newsletters every Friday. Please read those. Don't just open it up, close it, because it does have what we are doing weekly, monthly, things to come up as well. Um, so we should be a house that knows what's going on. So we have Pastor Appreciation Month is this month. Uh, here at Crossroads, we are 100% invested in you guys. And it's not just Wednesday night, Sunday night. It's all throughout the week we're pouring out um, and if you can just bless your pastors uh, just like we fill you guys up spiritually every just recognition or thanks is keeps us going and there's times where as a pastor things get busy and I'm the youth pastor. I pick up kids every now and then. Just kind words go a long way. So fill us up spiritually. We fill you guys up spiritually. Uh, we have Tongues of Fire Friday evening, November 4th at 8 p.m. Come to that. That's going to be amazing. Get the word out. Uh, we're going to have Teen Challenge there. Come with the expecting that God is going to move. Yes. And you're going to see things with a new perspective. That's the amazing thing about God. It's always new things he's given you. All Church Thanksgiving dinner is going to be Wednesday evening, November 16th at 7 p.m. Uh, come to that. We're going to get together. It'll be in the fellowship hall. Um, it's going to be a great time to just get together as a family and to enjoy a meal and give thanks. Come with good news, too, and prayer requests, and we could just give thanks to the Lord, what he's doing. Our ministry partner of the week is Mark and Daylene Good. Uh, they're in Western Europe as directors. They have a lot on their plate, so pray for them if you want to 
give to them. Uh, just write their names, Ministry Partners of the Week, on the envelopes. Um, their, their team has a vision for reaching many unreached Muslim people, secular, French, refugees, migrants, and victims of human trafficking. They go and save. And as we support, we are saving as well. Don't just think that that end is the only part that saves. It's your support that saves too. So keep them in your prayers. Uh, we're also highlighting youth um, unbound here at Crossroads. That's our youth group name. And I've seen youth's lives changed. Like stepping into the youth pastor position and talking about, I don't know, just talking to youth and see where they were in the beginning when I stepped in. Some people would have said, oh, they're never going to change. I could never see what they're doing now. But as Crossroads, we need to see the unseen and have the faith that their lives are changed. And we need to live in that too. So we need to speak into their lives. We need to step in as older generation and invest into them. Uh, we have sermons online, Apple Podcast. Uh, if you want to listen back to anything, you could look it up. If you want to share, you could look it up too. We, as Crossroads, we're not just amazing in pouring out currently, but we keep database too for everybody. We're going to go into tithes and offering. And if you can, just bow your heads and pray with me. Lord, thank you so much for entrusting us with what is yours. Father, take our offering as we give with thanksgiving and praise. Multiply it and let it be a season of blessings for our household. Lord, I pray that every time we give, it is a testimony of how good you are. In Jesus' name, amen. finished work finished work you know when you live life your life here on earth in the finished work of Christ you're going to look at your stuff that you go through in a different way than if you're looking at it through your eyes of flesh looking at it through the eyes of the world looking at it through the eyes of other people the challenge for the believer is to Look at their life, walk in their life in the finished work of Christ. And I'm going to talk about that today. We're going to actually focus in on one verse today. Usually I have so many scriptures. I mean, you know, I always preach like it's the last time I'm going to ever preach to somebody. That's how I, because you never know. 
I figure if I see Jesus, my next appointment is Jesus, I want him to say, good job. Good job bringing the word, the word, not yourself, the word, the word to people. Today I'm going to talk about, I believe I am strong in the Lord. I believe I am strong in the Lord. What if you were a billionaire, but you didn't know it? So you lived life, maybe, you know, with a middle income, but you were actually a billionaire. But you did not know you were a billionaire. How would that be when you, and then maybe at the end of your life, you found out you're a billionaire. How your life would have been different had you known you were a billionaire. Maybe you would have given more, hopefully. Maybe you would have done more. Maybe you would have chosen a different path. Maybe different decisions. Maybe you would have felt a little bit more empowered, had more authority. I'm going to tell you something. You are a billionaire. You are a spiritual billionaire. I'm going to prove that to you in scripture today. That you are a spiritual billionaire and you need to walk and live and talk and pray and make decisions like you are a spiritual billionaire. The fact is this, most believers live very um, semi-powerful lives, but not as empowered as they actually are. Because they're not living in the finished work, not in the revelation of what the finished work is. Now, going back to the billionaire example, what if you were... A billionaire, you didn't know you were a billionaire because you simply didn't read the fine print. And all you needed to do is read the fine print of your life, the fine print of your contracted life, the fine print of your policy. But you didn't have time, you didn't have the energy. Maybe you didn't even have the interest because, you know, that fine print can be so tedious. You know what I'm saying. You go down and you just sign it. You know what I'm saying? The electronic signature, you go right down, you just sign it. Because reading that fine print can be so tedious. And I kind of know what it already is going to say, or at least I think I know. Because somebody told me once. Maybe some professional told me once. They summarized it for me, and therefore, I do not need to read the fine print. But today, as I declare over you, you are a spiritual billionaire. We're going to read some fine print. Fine print of your life because you dwell in the finished work of Christ Jesus. See, Jesus died on the cross, and he said before his last breath... It is finished. In other words, there's nothing else I need to do. I did it all, and I didn't do it for me. I did it for you. It is finished, and therefore, we dwell in his finished work. But what does that mean? What does that look like? 
What does that actually look like? Not just sitting in church or going to certain things day here and there, getting a little zing in our step every once in a while, but actually living in the finished work. So today, I'm going to talk to you about being strong in the Lord, and we're going to focus in on one verse, Ephesians 6.10. Ephesians 6.10. Paul writes to the Ephesus church, says this, finally... My brethren, or sistren, oh, sistren, humanity, those followers of Christ, saints, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Now, I want to say something about Paul's writing here in Ephesians. Because what he says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 is actually extremely important because his wording is very important. See, the word finally, the word used, we're going to go into the Greek wording, the Greek phrases, the way that he is saying something in the Greek. Because sometimes, like I said last time I preached here, we can miss out on what he's actually saying because it's been translated into English. But this concept, the word used finally, reveals in the original language that Paul is saying this. If you don't remember anything else, remember this. In other words, I'm highlighting something to you. I am emphasizing something to you. Finally. So I don't know if any parent here or whatever you say, you know what? You give a grocery list or a wife, grocery list to your husband. But if you don't remember any of the other things, remember the milk. You know what I'm saying? We can live without all the other things, but this thing, I need you to remember. And Paul is using that kind of language here. And I'm going to look and break down this scripture because I'm going to show you how he is revealing that we Living in his strength, the strength of the Lord, is a dwelling place because of the cross. And I'm going to show you what it all means. You know, the word strong in the Greek is in dunamo. Now, a lot of us have heard the word dunamis before, the word for power. But he uses the word in dunamo. And it's actually a compound word in the Greek, in, E-N, And dunamis. In meaning in. Dunamis means explosive strength, ability, or power. And this the word dunamis is where we get the word dynamite. So these two words compounded together in dunamo, this describes an empowering or inner strengthening. This idea conveys that there's an infusion or an excessive dose of dynamic inner strength and ability. Now, let me just tell you what that means. This power, this strength, this ability is being poured into a container or vessel. So this word cannot be, it's not just power that's separate from something, but it's power that is poured in to a container or a vessel. That's why this word is called is in dunamo. 
So it means that the first part is of endunamo is in or into, and the second part is explosive power. Therefore, it portrays that this explosive power is being deposited into something such as a container or vessel. You can't have the power unless there's a vessel to contain it, in other words. So that's why he uses this specific word. Because the nature of this word requires some type of receiver. Some type of receiver. It has to, this type of power or strength has to be deposited into something. And Paul is saying, we are specifically designed to be the receptacles of God's divine power. Oh, man, let us live this. This is what we want. We're going to live this. We are specifically designed as God's children now. We are specifically designed to be receptacles of God's divine power. And so in this text, Paul is urging us. He's urging us to be strong. If you don't remember anything else, Paul says, I'm urging you to have this strength deposited into you. God is the giver of this explosive power, and you are to receive the strengthening, this power into your inner man. Now, there is, in grammar, you have tenses, right? And in the Greek tense, so when he's writing, he's writing it in a certain tense. He is in the tense that he's writing it. He is not suggesting that they receive this divine power. He is commanding them to receive this divine power. And in the tense that he uses, it's not just commanding, but he's saying receive this divine power right now as soon as possible. Not later, not waiting, not down the road, not when you feel like it, not after you've used all your human power, your human strength. He's saying, I command you to receive this strength today, right now. I command it. This is Paul's writing, not Pastor Lynn's. This is Paul's through the power of the Holy Spirit. So he's urging them. These are strong words. These are strong words that he's using them. He, they're commanding words for them to reopen their hearts to receive a brand new touch of God's power into their lives. Now, let me just say this. It's not only, oh, Pastor Lynn, I have received that before. I remember when. No, in this tense, grammatical tense in the Greek, Paul is using the tense that reveals that this is not just something you've received in the past, but it is an ongoing, lasting effect of this power upon your life. It's ongoing. Ongoing power every day deposited into our lives, immediately strengthening us. It's not a one-time shot 
but it continues to strengthen the believer. It's not just at the women's retreat. It's not just at the men's retreat. It's not just at the third. Okay, I'm going to receive. And then I go through a day's like a car that has gas, and I just empty my gas. No, it's about filling it up every day. Paul's saying, and I command you, I command you every day to be receive the deposit of his power, that inner strengthening of his dynamite. This is how we're to live. Not one time shot. Not dragging, oh, I, Pastor Lynn, I really need to get to that women's retreat. No, I love the women's retreat. I love it. You know I love it. It's, we, it's a time where we get to gather together. But I'm telling you, the Lord wants you to live in his dynamic power every day. That's what this scripture is saying. It's not just, it's not what I'm saying. It's what Ephesians 6.10 is saying. Now remember, Paul's writing Ephesians 6, and even the book of Ephesians, is about spiritual warfare. It's about spiritual warfare. So this is the context. And he knows, he understands that believers need the supernatural power in order to combat the attacks of the enemy. The truth is this. We need the supernatural power of God to combat the attacks of the enemy. And that's why he's not suggesting to us. He's commanding to us. That's why he's saying to us, you are to receive this and as quickly as possible. Because before our fight with unseen spiritual forces, we need to be filled up. Too many believers going into battle in the flesh, using the weapons of the world. And when they do that, they become hateful. They start using the weapons of the world in combat. Read Facebook streams. I hate that. I'll tell you what, I hate that. When I see somebody on a Facebook stream talking, saying they're a Christian and they're just getting hateful. They're getting condemning. They're getting, the fact is this, the bottom line is they're simply trying to fight the battle in the flesh because they're not filled up with the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm just getting real with you. See, without the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit operating in us, we are not a match against Satan's schemes. You think you can fight Satan's schemes without the power of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to say this. Satan is smarter than you. I don't want to give him any glory, but he's called literally in Scripture the evil genius for a reason. He is called an evil genius. He no longer has authority over you because you are in Christ Because that authority was taken away because of Christ's work. But he does have an intellect with destructive power. And his intellect was not taken away. He is still the evil genius. And our natural strength does not even compare to the devil's schemes and devices. I said our natural strength does not compare with the devil's schemes and devices. Too 
many proud humans walking around as if they can defeat the devil on their own. And the truth is this, it requires the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. See, we do know that the legal authority of the enemy was taken away. But we need to remember he is cunning He is deceptive, and he is an evil genius. Remember the context of this. The context of this scripture, be strong in the Lord. Paul is speaking about having the deposit of the strength of the Holy Spirit in us right now. The dynamo, the dynamic, the dynamite in us. Because he's talking about us being in spiritual warfare. Because he recognizes we are not to be ignorant of the devil's schemes and devices. It's interesting because I was thinking about that when I was preparing. I prepared this before the women's retreat. Thank goodness because I was exhausted this week. And um, I was thinking about the enemy's schemes and devices and even how believers, believers are prey to the device, especially when believers step out of being full of the Holy Spirit and walk in the flesh. And one of those things is unforgiveness, see? Unforgiveness. It's interesting because Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 2, 10, and 11, I want to say this, this unforgiveness is a scheme and device of the enemy to ensnare you. 2 Corinthians 10, 2, 10, and 11. Anyone, this is Paul writing, anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Isn't it interesting? He's talking about now to the community of faith. He's talking about forgiveness in the community of faith. That's the context of 2 Corinthians. If you know the books of 2 Corinthians, He has dealt with a lot of division and different dynamics, a sin in the camp kind of thing. So now he's talking about making sure that there's forgiveness. Because one of the things that can be one of the greatest schemes and devices of the enemy in the life of a believer is unforgiveness. Because what it is, it's a territory that we give to Satan. It's a graceless territory when we've been forgiven everything by God and we choose not to forgive another person and what we do is we allow a graceless territory in our lives Paul is speaking here of a scheme or a device of the enemy I'm just using that as an example the fact is this the enemy wants to outwit people and therefore In order for him to do that, he wants you to function in your natural mind. Because he can outwit you with his strategies and devices if you will function in your fleshly mind. So therefore you choose to try to fight your battle in your fleshly mind rather than in the mind of the spirit. See, that is a device 
the enemy, how can I get them to function in their natural, in their fleshly mind? Therefore, if they do, if they step into that, I can outwit them. I can be that evil genius to ensnare them. Paul is specifically confronting that in Ephesians 6.10. He is wanting the believer to have the strength of God poured into them. Be strong, a command. You know what's interesting about the enemy outwitting? Because he, he even tried to do this with Jesus. When Jesus was in the temptations, you remember before he ever went into his ministry, Jesus went and was tempted by the, tested and tempted in the desert for 40 days, Luke chapter 4. And finally, after the temptations, Jesus never gave in to anything, never sinned, never sinned. But it says in Luke 4, 13, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. In other words, he wasn't done with Jesus. He's not done because he's all about ensnares. He's all about trying to. And so the fact is this. <laughs> If the devil was that way with Jesus, do you think he's not that way with you and I? Looking for the opportune time. You know, sometimes the opportune time is when you don't feel well. Sometimes the opportune time is when you're um, feeling real good. You're like, you know, I don't really need to pray. I don't really need to show up. I, you know, when we get a little proud, what are the opportune times when I don't need God as much? Or sometimes it's when we're going into battle, <laughs> going to the retreat, going to do something, and the enemy wants to use something to ensnare us. He looks for opportune times. That is why we are to be strong. That's why Paul says, commands us to be strong. Because how we combat Satan's strategies and devices is never in our human power. It's always with God's special empowerment, with his divine power. That's how you're going to stop the effectiveness of Satan's strategies. And this is ongoing. Listen. Too many believers going from one event, fill me up. Then they dry up, fill me up. Then they dry up and then they wonder because they're walking in their flesh. And this command to us is to daily be endued with his power. Daily be endued. See, the enemy is afraid of the person who is daily endued with his power. It's ongoing. And we're directly commanded by Paul. So this, this word in dunamo is actually to the reader. You see the reader is Ephesians. And Ephesians were from the Greco-Roman world. They were Gentiles. They were not Jews. So when they're reading this, and Paul is using this word in dunamo, you know what's association with? It's with their mythological Greek gods. He's using the word that in their literature, it was used of people like Hercules. So they're reading, hmm, we can be endued with power like Hercules? He was using it as an illustration. 
in their familiar way of understanding something and saying that you, with the divine power of God, can perform superhuman tasks and bring victory. In using that, some, you know what? I don't think enough believers actually believe that they can do things as Pastor David reciting in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, exceedingly abundantly, more than I can ask or imagine. We say, oh, God can do that. Oh, and I can do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or imagine. But what's the problem with that? We don't read the rest of the scripture according to the power that is at work in you. Why isn't, Pastor Lynn, why isn't God doing exceedingly abundantly more than I can ask or imagine? Because you didn't read the rest of the scripture. Get up off that thing according to the power that is at work in you. That's Ephesians 3.20. And then later he says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. See, he's not talking about, listen, we're mythological creatures now. He's saying he is definitely making the the, the showing forth the big difference between this Greek mythology and actually the power of God that rests in you. Because it's not superhuman power. It is divine power, Paul says. It's divine power. It's only power that comes from God. So in this word, in dunamon, he's saying, be empowered ongoing. Be a receptacle of his inner strength and be infused with God's supernatural strength and ability daily. It's interesting. Be strong. Doesn't have a period there. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. How are we to be strong? In the Lord. The world, our world, our Western world, has ways that people are trying to be strong. Has superhuman strength. The power of our mind. The power of positive thinking. The power of eating enough um, right foods and right things to drink so that I have a body that's built, whatever it may be, the power of my economics. I, I don't know if you ever look at reels, but they have all kinds of people. Reels are just like five-minute little videos. All kinds of people telling you how to become a billionaire. That's how you're going to be strong. You can be all free and independent if you're a billionaire or whatever. It doesn't matter. Or if you want to look good. So this is how you do it. You you know, you, you eat this much protein. Whatever it may be, there's all kinds of ways the world tells us to be strong. All of those things cannot combat the enemy's forces. But he says, Paul says, be strong in the Lord. He uses the grammar locative tense. What does that mean? It means that this strength can only be found in one place. It's locked up. This strength is locked up in 
the Lord. Too many believers trying to find it elsewhere. Oh, Pastor Lynn, come and follow this. Come and do this. This is how, you know what? This is the thing. We are going to be strong in the Lord. In the Lord. It's only discovered this strength is locked up in the person of Jesus Christ. It cannot be found anywhere else. See, this is interesting. He says, strong, be strong in the Lord. This is the same terminology. Is this, is this too deep for y'all? You getting it? Not going, we got to go deep, people. Your, your muscles, right? Root, we're roots of righteousness. We're oaks of righteousness. Strong in the Lord. The concept here is what Paul also uses, the same phrase, the same terminology, in Christ. In Christ. Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 actually uses the concept, the phrase, in Christ or in the Lord, in him, seven times in chapter 1 of Ephesians. Same book. Let me just give you a couple examples. I'm not going to give you all seven. Ephesians 1, 3, and 7. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ, same as in the Lord. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. So he's using the same in the Lord, in Christ, in him. And that means that we, once we were redeemed by Christ, we were locked up in the person of of Jesus forever. In other words, we are dwelling place, our place of existence. Did you know your place of existence is in Christ right now? You dwell, your environment is in Christ. It's very difficult. Let me just say this. It's very difficult to choose sinful habits when you're locked up in Christ. That's it. The truth is this. We're locked up in Christ, and that is our dwelling place. And for all eternity, we are in him. And in Christ is his power. In Christ is his power. So when we're in Christ, we are at, have accessibility to the power of Christ. This, when we have the revelation that we are locked up in Christ, we are dwelling place, our environment is in Christ, then we are transformed into spiritual giants because we know that Christ's power is right there with us. We are locked up, right? We bump into his power. Let me give you an illustration here. There are times when I really wonder, because people are so like, they have a need, a need comes. I, I see this, with, I have a background with a lot of types of Christians especially. And, and they get panicked as if God, the power of God is far away. I have this need. Okay, now I'm going to start praying. They haven't really been praying, right? I have this need, and I'm going to get panicked and beg God to do something about this need, about this problem. Why are you begging God when you're locked up in Christ? The power of God is right there. 
It's right there at your disposal. It's not far away from you. You don't have to go run into another dimension. It's right there. That power of Christ is dwelling in you because you're in Christ and Christ now is in you. See, we got to change the way that we think. It's not power that's far away from us that we got to, oh, I got I to gotta, uh, stir myself up. I got I to gotta get, you know, I got to get right now because I wasn't right before, but now this problem, now I got to get right. You should be right because I'm strong in the Lord. I know my dwelling place. I know I'm a spiritual billionaire. I'm a spiritual billionaire. I don't have to go borrow it from somebody else. It's there. It's already there. This is who you are in Christ. The only thing is the enemy doesn't want you to know that. He wants you to panic. He wants you to panic as, as if the resources of God are far from you. The resource of God is right there in your environment in Christ. I don't know. I'm just preaching to myself today. <laughs> I'm going to live this way, man. I'm going to live this way. But we have to see our lives. This is the problem. We've got to have our minds transformed that with how we live it out, we live out our lives in Christ. Not in the flesh, not in sin, but in Christ every day. In my marriage, in my job, how I live my life in my home. I am in Christ. The revelation of my mind is I'm in Christ. I don't step out, oh, I'm going to, to go hang out with my friends. I'm not going to be in Christ right now, you know, because i got to do some stuff. No, I'm in Christ right then. See, we're not ever far away from the surge of superhuman divine power. God has made it simple for us. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's not complex. His power is right there for us. And that's why Paul can say, be strong in the Lord. Because you are in Christ and his power is right there. But the prerequisite for that strength is this, in the Lord. You can't take the class without the prerequisite. The prerequisite is I am in the Lord. Therefore, I can have that super power dwelling in me and through me. Okay, move on. And so he goes on. Because he not only talks about this power that dwells in us, but he also moves to the power of his might. How can we tell when God's supernatural strength is operating in our lives? How can we tell? Well, it doesn't matter if other people can tell. It just matters that I know it. Really? Well, actually, <laughs> who told you that? Who told you that? It only matters if I know it. Way down deep inside. It's a private faith I have. Too many... <laughs> Too many Christians, covert Christians. This scripture does not say we're covert Christians. It says that the power of his might, the very wording Paul uses, is that it's an expression that has a physical manifestation. Let's read that. 
So strong, be strong, is in dunamo. And it means a power designed to infuse a believer with an extra dose of supernatural strength. The power of his might, the word power is not the same word as strong. It's a different word. And it's not dunamis, although we're familiar with the word dunamis in the Greek. It's a different word Paul chooses to use. He uses the word kratos, K-R-A-T-O-S in the Greek, which means demonstrated power. It's not a power that you merely adhere to and believe intellectually. I love this. Because we're going to get the sheep and the goats separated here. It's not just, oh, I believe in God's power, like some story I read. It's actually demonstrated power. It's erupted power. It's tangible power. See, this word always comes with some type of external, outward manifestation that one can actually see with his or her eyes. Oh, it's seeing power. Now, this word Paul also uses in Ephesians 1, verse 19 and 20. And this is what it says. Same word. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. According to the working of the power of his might. This word... When, when we read it in the English, it says, according to the working of his mighty power, verse 19. But the Greek sentence structure, it would be according to the working of the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord, Ephesians 6, 10, and the power of his might. Actually, in Ephesians 1, 19, he uses the very same phrase, the very same wording. And he is declaring that when God raised Jesus from the dead, he used the very same power, the very same Christos power that is given to us. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And, it, and, and Christ's body was not just laying there and we had the metaphorical resurrection. It was not a metaphorical resurrection. It was an actual resurrection. It was a manifested resurrection. His body was raised up because that kind of power has something that manifests in the physical realm. Come on, Jesus. We're going for it today. The same power we have when we have the power of his might is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. We got to walk in that. We've got to walk in that. It's the same power that not only raised Christ from the dead, but seated Christ in heavenly places. 
That is the same power that we have to fight the enemy. That is the power of his might. We have that very same power. That is why we're not to fight in the flesh. We are to fight in, the, in him with the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might because the power of his might is his resurrection power and it is the strongest flow of power that exists in the universe. See, this word, Christos, is only used in reference to God's power. It's not a word that's used in any other way. It's specifically used in reference to God's power. This power that raised Christ from the dead, if you remember the story, is so overwhelming that the mighty Roman soldiers who were guarding Jesus' tomb on resurrection morning fainted and crumbled to the ground beneath the full load of this resurrection power. There was manifest power. This resurrection power literally permeated every cell and fiber of Jesus' body with divine life. This is the resurrection power. This is the type of power that we have accessible to us to walk in daily. And it's, there's evidence. This wording that he uses is that there is evidence. It's not just we're talking about power, but we're saying, he's saying there is evidence of this power. There is manifestation of this power. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This Kratos power has physical manifestation. I don't know. Am I pulling you into another? In other words, in your, I'm just going to break it down. In your life, the power of God should have physical manifestation. <laughs> I'm just going to get real with you now. In your life, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You have been filled. You are the divine receptacle. The Lord has caused you to be his child. Now you have Christ in you. You now have this dynamite in you. But it is manifested. It's not just this dynamite of strength that you walk in. But it's manifested to the world to make a difference to other people. Come on. Jesus. See, he, Jesus died on the cross so that we, and was resurrected, so that we can walk in that resurrection life, in our life. It's not for us to sit idly by. Did you know that Christian idleness, actually this scripture is speaking against it. Idly by. If you're sitting idly by, watching the enemy and his destructive devices, you're not doing Ephesians 6.10. It's just not true. Because this scripture commands us. It's not a suggestion. You know, I know you're comfortable. Your life's easy. Your family's good. Just sit idly by. This is a command by God. You know, too many Christians complaining about the world. Oh, 
you know, Pastor Lynn, the world's going down the toilet. Well, I'm going to tell you, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Don't you dare sit idly by. Get up. For the weapons of your warfare, they're not fleshly, but they are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. Why are we here? Why did he die? Why did he give us power? He didn't give us power to sit on it. He gave us power to do something about it. We couldn't do it in our flesh. We couldn't do it because the enemies, the evil genius, he has more on us if we try to fight in our flesh. But with the mighty power of God, with the divine power of God, God that dwells in us and we dwell in him we are able to defeat the enemy in the power of his might oh, Rebecca come on up the word might means something might in the Greek is ischios and it conveys the picture of an extremely strong man like a bodybuilder. Once again, Paul's writing to the Greeks. And remember, with the Greeks, they knew mythology. They had Hercules. That was all in their literature. We know that literature. We, we know what it is. But he uses the word might in a way that <clears throat> refers to a man that has muscular capabilities. But he's not referring to a man in this scripture. He is referring to God. You have a God that is muscular and mighty, he's saying. He is able, he is mighty, he is muscular, he has, he's referring to a strong arm or a strong hand. If we look at scripture in the Jewish history. We look at scripture and we remember the stories of Israel being free from Egypt by the mighty hand of God. That's what Paul's referring to. You've got a muscular God. Your God is not weak. He is muscular. You had a God that ripped the powers of wickedness in the realms of the heavenlies and shoved them aside and did what was physically and medically impossible by bringing Jesus here as a babe to be the Savior. You have a God with, with his mighty arm Rip Jesus out of the pangs of death and resurrected him. He's a mighty God. He has a strong arm. You have a God who on the day of Pentecost sent his wind and sent his fire and filled his people with his Holy Spirit so that they would walk with signs and wonders, with a Kratos power, signs and wonders following. You have this type of God. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might.
I command you, I command you, crossroads. I command you, crossroads. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I want you to stand. I command you. It's not a suggestion. It's a command Jesus paid for. Finished work, resurrected power, the Kratos power that he that resurrected Jesus from the dead dwells in you. It's manifest power. It's not just dwelling in you secretly. It's manifested power. Paul writes to the Corinthian church. I love Paul because he has the heart of a pastor because he wants his people. He knows the people need to be strong. He writes to the Corinthian church for the kingdom of God is not a matter of mere words but of power. Too many words. Words are good. We have to have words. But it's not just about words. It's about power. The power that God wants to manifest through you. Say, well, you know, Pastor, when is God going to fill in the blank? I'm going to tell you when you start manifesting His mighty power. Because you're in Christ. And Christ is in you. You're in Christ and Christ is in you and this power is not far away. The power for your family is not far away. The power for the healing that flows is not far away. The power for salvation to speak to people for deliverance and freedom is not far away. We don't have to like, oh, I got to tear open the heavenly state. No, it's in you. It's dwelling in you. Maybe the thing you got to tear away is the flesh. Your flesh. Your mind of the flesh. Because when we walk in the mind of the flesh, we don't see what God has. We don't have the mind of the spirit. According to Romans 8, 6, the mind of the spirit is life and peace. We're life givers. I'm going to say, every last one of us has an assignment by God. And I'm going to say this. My assignment is not to reach your family. Your assignment is to reach your family. My assignment is not to reach your neighborhood. Your assignment is to reach your neighborhood. Oh, Pastor Lynn, come on, Pastor Lynn. I need somebody strong in the Lord. Ephesians 6.10. Read it. Be strong in the Lord. You be strong in the Lord. That's what a muscle church is. When are my kids going to be saved? Be strong in the Lord. And in His mighty power, manifest the power of God. Tell them stories. Tell them what God's doing. Tell them what God is doing through you as you lay your hands on people. As you talk to people. People being saved. People being transformed. Come on. People being free. Tell them about it. I'm going to tell you, it's going to quicken something in them. It's going to quicken something in them. They're all like, whoa. Holy Spirit, right now, let's just lift our hands. It's not Pastor Lynn that says, be strong in the Lord. And in his mighty power, in the power of his might. 
It is the Holy Spirit telling you. If I only knew I had the billion dollars, this is what I would have done different. I'm going to tell you, you have spiritually a billion dollars. You have spiritually a billion dollars. But if you don't believe it and you're refusing to use it, there's nothing more that Jesus can do. He's done it all. He's, it's the finished work. It is finished so that we could have everything that he has. But you have to have the revelation in your head, in your mind, that I am a person that is strong in the Lord. I am a person that chooses every day to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I choose that. I dwell with you. Your power is not far from me. Your power is right there with me. Right now, I'm just going to pray over you and then we'll sing a song. I'm going to Nepal today. We're on a flight. We'll be in transit about 40 hours total between our flights and our layovers and our another layover in Nepal to a domestic flight. The next thing we'll be doing is a healing conference in the villages of the Himalayas. And I'll say to them, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This is a word for a believer. This is a word for anyone that's received Christ. It's the same word. It's not harder for you. It's not harder for them because the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you just like it dwells. And it doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter what you didn't get in your formation. The fact is this. When you came into Christ, Christ came into you and he said, I have given to you everything that you need to be an overcomer, to be a person that defeats the enemy, the person that, that takes the gates of hell and destroys them. Come on. Come on. Come on. This house is going to be strong. You're going to be strong. You're going to be strong in your family. You're going to be a strong believer. You're going to be a person that believes the word. You're not going to believe what the world tells you. You're not going to believe what the enemy tells you. You're not going to believe what some sort of familiar spirit from your childhood tells you. You're going to believe what he tells you. You're going to believe what the word tells you. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Receive that endowment of power. Be the receptacle. Receive it. Come on, Jesus. Lord, I pray over these here. I want those of you that say, I want, I want to manifest power of God through my life. Pastor Lynn, I want to see more of God's power flowing through my life to people around me. I want you to raise your hands right now. I'm going to prophesy over those hands because even Jesus dealing with his disciples and that was before they got filled with the Holy Spirit by the way they forgot they forgot that they had the power they forgot that Jesus had sent them out they had forgotten these things and they would get so wrapped up in physical problems 
for example, right after Jesus fed the 5,000 with the loaves and fishes, they get into a boat, and then they start arguing and panicking because they forgot the bread to eat for lunch. And Jesus said, you're missing the point, people. Don't you know? You are with me, and I just fed 5,000 with two fish and five loaves. How can you forget so easily? We can forget so easily because we can get in to the physical realm and forget we're in Christ. We're in Christ. Lord, right now, for those hands that are raised, I pray, Father, that that Kratos power, that same power, Lord, by their faith, Lord, it's not by our works. It's not by our human power. It's not by our merit. None of that happens. But when we are now in Christ, Lord, that we have the revelation in our minds that your power is right there to use, to be manifested through our lives. It's right there. We don't have to beg for it. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to seek out your power. It's right there. It's right there. We bump into it every day. It's right there. And all we have to do is step into it. I believe, Lord. Use it. It's right there. Lord, I pray, Father, just as we go to Nepal and we pray for people, and we believe God for many powerful things, Lord, that here, many powerful things are happening through those who have raised their hands that they extend their hand that they're no different than the disciples and the apostles in the book of acts that's who we are to this world and to this messed up world lord i pray that they would be quickened to step out they'd be quickened to function in the mighty power of god as they hear a need as they're talking to somebody father that they're not afraid lord that they just function in it father father and not a fearful and that lord that we come back with great testimony father of the mighty power of god being manifested through the people here in the South Bay, in this county, in this high place, Lord. That, Father, that we know that we will build your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we walk in that. We don't visit it. We don't visit it. We dwell in this every day. In your name, amen. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you in a couple weeks. I believe that you said it, it is done, you said it, I believe that you said it, it is done, you said
Jesus, God, we pray.